So many wonderful things have happened and are happening. And um, we're humbled and we're grateful. Mark chapter 9 and verse 28. When he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not, could, why could not we cast him out? He said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. So our subject will be taking from that verse. This kind. This kind. God bless you. You may be seated. It's the last year of his ministry. We are at the foot of the mountain. Very famous Matthew 17 goes into great detail about this. It says that he was transfigured among them. He literally shined. In the original language it says, like the sun at high noon on a cloudless day. And uh, I, I had an experience years ago. I was in trouble. I had... I found myself between two very influential men, and I was afraid. I didn't know what else to do, so I just barricaded myself into an obscure room and just stayed there for quite a while. I don't know what time it was. I would assume, I think it was probably two in the morning. The room lit up lit up it's like a rheostat it just it just kept getting brighter and brighter I peeked I peeked I had my head in my hands and, and I saw the curtains begin to move no air conditioning was on I, I there wasn't any breeze where I was I just I just covered my head with my hands and I I felt a hand on my shoulder and uh, it was not the first time that that had happened to me. When I was a young boy, I was in a very tragic car accident with my mother, my pastor, and his wife. They took them to the hospital. I uh, was taken to my grandmother's house and put in her bed. It was all dark. And all of a sudden, there was this man standing by me. And I just started jabbering away. He didn't say anything to me. I, I guess the best way I could describe it is um, nonverbal communication. All I know is, is that while he stood there, I lost all of my terror and my fear as a little boy. My grandmother, who was a praying woman, just a poor coal miner's wife, came into that room and just said, Harold Eugene, who in the world are you talking to? And I said, the man, Grandma. Where, where's the man? Where did the man go? She instantly felt the afterglow of that being that I had been with. 
she fell on her knees and she crawled over to me and she put her hand on me and she said, that was your angel. He will be with you all your life, son. When you're in trouble, don't ever doubt that he'll be with you. I believe that hand on my shoulder was that same being that has been with me through my life. So I, I don't know what they saw. I know what I saw. I saw a room light up without any lights. They come down from that mountain, Peter, James, and John. There's a crowd at the bottom of the mountain. I had always assumed it was that crowd that's mentioned so many times in the Bible that wherever Jesus was, there was always a crowd. But it's not the case here. The crowd was there not because of Jesus, but because of this, this boy that was had a demon in him. His dad comes out of the crowd and admits that he, he, he was uh, the one who was responsible for the crowd by bringing his boy. And then he said, I brought my boy to your disciples, but they, they couldn't help me. Jesus asks him, he said, uh, how, how long has this been going on? And he said, as long as we can remember, we have a fire. And he would throw himself in the fire. We'd get by water. He'd throw himself in the water. And then he said, if you can, I know you can help him. Jesus lets him know in the very next verse, there are no ifs when I'm here. And it says that he commanded the demon to come out of the boy. And it said it, it tore him when it came out. They get the crowd disperses. They go to a house later that day and his disciples said, why, why couldn't we do that? His response is, this kind won't go out any other way than prayer and fasting. Uh, I, uh, I didn't realize until this week, these are the same guys that are mentioned in Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, he took 35 pairs of men and sent them out. And he said, I don't want you to take money with you. I don't want you to take food with you. I want you to basically walk in faith. And if they don't want anything to do with you, well, then you just kind of shake the dust off and go somewhere else. But I promise you, someone will want you. 
This is what it says in Luke 10 and verse 17. The 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. He said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. This is a great scripture. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I don't want to get sidetracked, but there are lots of verses in the Bible about feet. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. It says in the book of Ephesians, and hath put all things under his feet. I give you power to tread. I'm going to give you power to walk on serpents and scorpions. Serpents bite you with their head. Scorpions bite you with their tails. Jesus is saying heads or tails. You win. Please notice the word power is in here twice. I give you power over all the power of the enemy. English, it's the same, not in the original language. In the original language, one of these words means ability. But the other word means authority. He is saying the enemy has ability, but I am giving you authority over his ability. I'm going to give you power over his power. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. I always thought that meant he was referring to something that had happened millennia ago before Adam and Eve ever showed up. Obviously, Satan came to the garden as a panhandler. But that's not what other languages say here. It says, I saw Satan fall as you went. What is interesting to me is these verses in the book of Mark. They were, they were shocked. Why couldn't we do this? We've already done it before. This is not their first encounter with demons. Because when he sent them out in twos, it said when they came back, even the devils are subject to us. But then Jesus said something very interesting to them. He said, we're dealing with a different kind of devil now. This kind isn't going out just because you went out. This kind won't go out unless there's prayer and fasting. Paul said... We wrestle not against flesh and blood, which means please don't waste your time fighting with people. And for goodness sakes, whatever you do, don't waste your time fighting with your brother and sister. You need to learn Psalms and Proverbs. One's vertical, one's horizontal. Psalms is a vertical book. It'll teach you how to restore your relationship with your God. 
But Proverbs is a horizontal book. It teaches you how to get along with other people. Don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But you wrestle against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of the world, spiritual wickedness in high places. I've always encouraged you to use the King James Bible as your principal text. But you must remember it's old Middle English. This is a lot of this from the 1600s. We don't talk like this anymore. When we studied the offerings just recently, the first offering was the burnt offering. The second offering was the meat offering. But as we learned, there wasn't any meat in the meat offering. It could have just as easily and should have been called the meal offering because it was grains, it was cereals, wheats, rye, barley, oats, corn. But people didn't go to supper back then. They didn't have dinner together. They sat at meat. Stained glass words here that aren't common in our vocabulary today, like principalities, powers. What is a principality? Don't ever doubt that Satan is territorial. Don't ever doubt that. He recognizes distinctions between land masses. A principality is probably what we would call in Michigan a county or a township. In Louisiana, they would call it a parish. Then you have a power. This is an old term from royalty. When the queen goes somewhere, it's not the queen's coming, it's the powers that be. Because a power was something that ran a country. Then it goes to another level. The rulers of the darkness of this world. There is no doubt in any of our mind that this is a dark world right now. There are spirits that rule that darkness. But it's the world. The land masses. Then... There is spiritual wickedness in high places. Nobody knows why, but this same original word is used six times in the book of Ephesians. Five of those six occasions, it is always translated heavenly or heavenlies. For instance, when it says we sit together in heavenly places, that's an Ephesian scripture. It's the same word. We don't know why, but here it's translated high places. Last Sunday, I talked to you about Jerusalem, which is above, or the heavenly Jerusalem, something high. People think Satan's in hell. You're mistaken. Satan is free. The best place to describe this is in the book of Daniel where Daniel began to fast and pray, and he ended up like we did, or we're doing. He fasted and prayed for 21 days. At the end of that, he said, Gabriel came to him and said, the Lord sent me the first day you started to fast and pray. 
And then he said, but the prince of Persia withstood me. And then he said, Michael, the archangel, came, overcame the prince of Persia, blocked him out so that I could get past him to you. That's in the heavenlies. That wasn't a battle that was fought on the land. That's in the air. Study the Bible and it's not the garden of Eden. It's the garden in Eden. Eden's a big place. But if you know your Bible, in just a few chapters later, chapter 5, it's not referred to as Eden. It's referred to as the plains of Shinar. It's the same piece of real estate. This is where they built the Tower of Babel. Tongues were confused. It was the rubble that was left over from the Tower of Babel that Nebuchadnezzar used to build the walls, the hanging garden walls of Babylon. It's Medes and Persians. If you know your history, the Medan Empire is the ancient name of Babylon or Iraq. Persia is the ancient name of modern-day Iran. Think of it, ladies and gentlemen. It is not by chance that this piece of real estate, which even today is a royal pain in the backside of the world, Iran and Iraq, this is the place where Satan established a beachhead. This is a place where Satan had his first victory because Adam was given dominion over the earth. And when Satan came, he had been stripped of his authority. But Adam bought into the lie. The Bible said in Timothy, the woman was deceived, but not the man. Men get a big kick out of saying, you women were the one that ate the apple. But if you read the book of Romans, it says, for by one man, sin entered into the world, not by one woman. Lots of stuff to deal with here. And what you have to understand is that we're dealing with something that runs counties. We're some, dealing with something that runs America. We're dealing with something that runs the land masses of the world. And we're dealing with something above that land in the heavenlies. Wrestling. Levels. You deal with anything. I don't care what it is. There are levels. I watched Barry Bonds this week. YouTube give an entire lesson on how to hit a baseball. I had no idea how much science there was in hitting a baseball. But there are obviously people that are better than others, and Barry Bonds was one of the greatest. But his whole technique and science about hitting a baseball Everybody I've ever met in my life thinks they can paint. <laughs> Trust me, there are painters and there are painters. There's a guy sitting in this room right now, and I'm not going to tell you who he is. But I did a job with him several years ago. As soon as I saw him begin, I knew I'm out of my league. This guy really knows how to paint. 
He looked at me and he said, don't you tell anybody, Pastor, that I know how to do this. <laughs> and I haven't. Because once people learn, buddy, they'll just, oh, brother, would you help me? I've seen people that don't know how to paint that were messy. I've seen people that do know how to paint that are messy. And then I've seen people that know how to paint that don't get a drop on them. Specifically, Valerie Woodworth. <laughs> Valerie Woodworth could paint the Sistine Chapel and not get one drop of paint on her clothing. None. We've got some people painting at our house right now. These guys know what they're doing. You deal with light. You go from the short waves of red all the way to the long waves of violet. Do you remember biology, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species? I don't care what it is. There are levels. It graduates that you get out of high school and you can get an associate's degree or you can get a bachelor's and you can get a master's and then you get a doctorate. It's the same way. He said, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience, which Paul called the prince of the power of the air. Jesus said one time, the God of this world has come to me. And he, I love this, he, he found nothing in me. Because Satan can only work in shadow and darkness. But Jesus is light. And there are no shadows of turning in him. So if there's no darkness, then Satan can't find anywhere in his spirit to set up shop. He found nothing in me. Early 1900s, they say it was New Year's Eve, Topeka, Kansas. A place that used to be a house of prostitution. Stone's Folly, it's known as. About 30 students. Dismissed in December 1899. Challenge was, I want you to go home, study your Bible. When we come back at New Year's, I want you to, without colluding with anybody else, I want you to decide, is it biblical for us to speak in tongues today and be filled with the Holy Spirit as they did in the book of Acts? They came back. All of them agreed story that has reached us is a woman by the name of Agnes Osman, somewhere around midnight on New Year's Eve, 1900, began to speak with tongues. All of those students were filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke with tongues. The next time we hear about it, it's in Alvin, Texas. The next time it's on the Gulf City of Galveston, and then Azusa Street. What was just a place where they used to chisel tombstones was a place where there was a massive manifestation of the presence of God in the city of Los Angeles. Thousands, thousands, thousands 
in the 50s. There were three men. They were known as ABC, A.A. Allen, William Brannan, Jack Cole. Set up tents around this country. Thousands of people came and were miraculously healed. I listened to an old elder from Louisiana by the name of Tom Barnes tell the story of walking home from school in third grade and he saw a man in a tree that looked at him and said, Tom Barnes, one day my master will call you to pray for the sick. When he was 20 years old, he went to a tent meeting in Houston, Texas to hear a man named William Brannan preach. 10,000 people. That's a big tent. Brannan would fumble around. He wasn't a gifted orator. He would fumble around and he would say, I'm waiting for my angel. He's described it, that he would see a light over someone's head and that it was as if God downloaded information into his spirit about that person. He would call that person by name and tell them what he felt God had laid on his heart to tell them. But on that night, with that massive crowd, William Brandon just stayed and said, oh, there he is. And looking out into nowhere, he said, Tom Barnes, you're in this tent tonight, and from this night forward, my master will use you to pray for the sick. One of my heroes was a man named Tom Fred Tenney, who just very recently died. He would not make a move without consulting T.W. Barnes. People would pitch a tent. Thousands of people would show up. My mom's possibly here today. I can't see. These lights are bright. My mom will vouch for this. When I was a teenager, we had a revival in our church 16 weeks. Tuesday through Sunday, twice on Sunday. Seven services a week for the entire summer. I still remember when the meeting was over and the evangelist was gone, wondering, wow, what am I going to do with I almost felt guilty for cutting the grass. But if we pitched the tent today and tried to have church seven days in a row, I'm not optimistic the crowds would get bigger. We're in a different day. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is not just a mere lack of concern. The belief of God and in God is in trouble. Spiritual activity is not just on the rise. It's warp speed now. It's what Paul said, in the last days, perilous times are coming. Today, Lansing is full of National Guard troops. Just like the Capitol in all 50 states, there are National Guard troops out there worried about protest. That recently, people broke into the halls of Congress. They stole Nancy Pelosi's lectern. They stole signs that were on the door. I'm, I'm not encouraging you to put a Make America Great Again hat on. 
and go turn yourself into a horse's rear and scream about this stolen election. I want you to understand something. These are parallel universes. And I can prove to you again and again in that Bible when something went on in the natural, it was indicative of something going on in the spiritual. You've got every special interest group on the planet now screaming and yelling. You've got Black Lives Matter that are screaming. They're getting attention. You've got the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender group. They're getting attention. Right now, today, there are over 10,000 people marching towards Mexico from Nicaragua because they're convinced that when the new president comes in, the borders are going to be reopened again. Where are the Jesus people? because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 creation groaneth waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God I'm not asking you to put a black get a placard and a billboard and go out there and be stupid I'm not asking you to go to Lansing and break the barricades down what I'm asking you is to understand that our way of protest is on our knees. That is our way of combating what we see as irresponsible, horrible. You've got to see that. Were you there, ma'am? I would suppose, I should have said, were you there, sir? But I have ladies in this room right now that gave birth to babies. And you weren't doing it whistling. You, went, you didn't do that playing Sudoku. It was, ah! And if you were a husband and you were allowed as I was to be there when your children were born, it's a pretty helpless feeling when your wife is screaming. And all of a sudden, all of that is forgotten in a moment when there's a brand new slap and a brand new cry and a wet little thing is laid on mom's belly. See, this is what the Bible says. Your labor in the Lord is never in vain. When Zion travails, children are born. Sir, you didn't have anything to do with the birth of that first baby, but you've got a part to play in the birth of this revival and harvest. That Because we're, we're up against something special, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, there are some things that, that we can flee and make them run away with, with my little sermons and, and Draylon's little, little singing and, and us sitting our behind on a green bench. But not now. This, this kind that we're dealing with now is not going to leave unless there are people that, that, that make the, did you, did you hear what he said? 
that last Monday night, it's the first in the history of this church, we baptized five people. They told me we're going to baptize three. And then all of a sudden it was four. And then it was five. We've got people to be baptized today at the end of this service. Something, have you made the connection? Have you figured it out yet? We've got something moving. It'll keep moving if we keep praying and fasting. But as my dear brother Meadow will talk to you in just a minute, what are you going to do on day 22? Are you going back to what you've been? Or has this thing impacted you and affected you and branded you and you realize I've got backslid kids that are never coming back to God unless I fast and pray. I've got family members that are going to stay bound and go to hell if I don't fast and pray. I've got a city that deserves one more revival from the church and we're not going to have it. Because we're not dealing with what we dealt with years ago. This, this kind is not going anywhere unless we have a church and knows how to pray it fast. This kind. We're not talking Ivy League. We're not talking kindergarten here. We're not talking middle school. I was talking with a precious little girl just a moment ago back, back, back in our break room. And she said, next year I get a locker. I'm going to school and I get a locker. Do, do you remember? I remember when I got my first locker, it was a big deal, man. Until then, you carried it all like this, you know, or you had a little bag. They got back. We had backpacks back then. It'd been nice to have had them. But I remember when you got your locker. We're way beyond middle school now. We're way beyond lockers here. We're way beyond that. We're where this is great graduate school stuff. These are people that have got to make the connection. If I don't make this consecration, this thing's never going out. It's just going to sit there and grow roots. It's going to have kids. It's going to have grandkids. It's just going to be a squatter. And it's just going to say, possessions nine-tenths of the law, and I ain't moving. But if we have the right spirit, those things will perk up their head and say, have you come to torment us before our time? Yes. That's it. I am here to give you an excedrin headache. I am here to bother you. I am here to disturb you. I intend to make a personal consecration that literally, the Bible said, some you pluck right out of the fire. Right out, you get what that is? That's pretty close to hell, folks. That's really pretty close, but literally right, you pull them right. Wouldn't you want that to happen? Do you have a family member right now? You got a backslid girl? You got a lost boy? Do you have a friend that you, remember what Samson said? You know, he said, he said, you know, if you cut my hair off, I'll be just like every other man. And when they bound him, not with one vine, but with more, you know, the Bible talks about cords, cords of sin to where you can't get out. And, the, and, 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 and so when that thing finally did happen, this is what he said, I will shake myself as before. Well, let me tell you what. I can prove to you where they brought the Ark of the Covenant down to the Valley of Ebenezer. And the Bible said they shouted until the ground shook. But the next day they lost. And they lost the glory. And they lost the box and the Ark of the Covenant. We got to go beyond more than the shake. We got to go more than a little chudia and a little chattering in tongues. This is something else here. This kind is not going to move unless... We make the connection unless we understand. 
because God is regulated by us allowing Him unto Him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of God that works in us. So my question is, how much of God is working in you right now? How much of God is regulating your life? Can you just go back to the man and the woman you were? Or is there somebody with a red flag down there going, no, no, don't you go back there. How big is your cross? I was going to build me a big old cross today, but I didn't have the lumber and I don't have a wood shop, but I got, I, I, I could buy a cross this big. I, I can stick it in my pocket. I, I, I can hide it underneath my shirt. You can put it underneath your blouse, but there are other crosses, the kind of Jesus you're just not going to take a cross like that anywhere. You're not going to just take that anywhere that you used to go. How, how big is your cross anyway? How big is your consecration? How big is your commitment that you say, I can't go there no more. I can't talk like that no more. I can't hang out with that anymore. By this, this is going to require a deeper consecration out of me because I want this kind to be a memory. I want this kind to be destroyed. I want and this time to not have its influence over my family. Knowledge ain't going to work on this kind. Program, we do things nice around here. We work hard to make it as good as we possibly can, but programs aren't going to work on this kind. We got a 200 grand in a sound system. It doesn't frighten Satan at all. We're going to make renovations to the building this year. That's not going to do anything in the spirit. This is about an understanding in your heart and in your spirit that prayer and fasting is the only thing that's going to... There are things that are off limits forever to churches who refuse to pray and fast. But to those that do, you're going to have stories. (laughs) You're going to have them stories, man. You're going to have them... Jesus told Nicodemus, we don't know where the wind comes from. We don't know where it's going. We just know when it's there. That's what we want. We want stuff to happen and people go, where in the world did that come from? It'll come from prayer. The Bible said suddenly there came a sound from heaven. That's where it came from. And you, why? John Gibbs said, I'm stealing his thunder. He said, Pastor, this church was born after a 10-day prayer meeting. And God's taking us back to multiple days of prayer because that's where we were. That's where we were born. That's where we'll thrive. That's where we'll see a harvest. That's where that thing will happen. Have you, are you so foolish? Do you get, Paul said, are you so foolish, Galatian, that you started out in the spirit and you think you're going to be perfected in the flesh? It's not, it's not going to happen. And when I look at creation and realize that man, look at those, those days of creation. Man, man was his crowning creation. But, but, but before men ever showed up, he made sure the sun was going to be shining. You want a homework assignment? Go study just how many mental and physical things happen to your body when you get the sun shining on you. 
That sun creates this photosynthesis thing with all these plants and makes all this thing possible. He, 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 under, he, he provided solid ground and, 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 and grasses and trees and he gave that for beauty and for food and, 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 and you know, filled for the animals and building materials for houses and, and, and provided animals to, 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 to swim in the sea and, 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 and I, I, I can go through this again and again and again, God never, ever brought something into existence on this earth. If it was a bird, he made sure before you ever showed up, I'm going to give you a tree to build your nest in. I'm going to give you, if you're an animal, I'm going to give you the grasses and I'm going to give you the trees. If you're a man, I'm going to give you the birds, the fish, and the animals to eat. I'm going to, what I'm saying is man was his crowning creation, but man's he comes along last. God made sure that everything was in place for that man before he ever showed up. And I can prove to you biblically that his church is his crowning creation today. And if you think for one minute that he is going to just abandon this church and put us on this planet without having already provided the resources and the powers and the tools and the weapons that we desperately need in order to do the job, you are seriously mistaken. They are available to us. <laughs> and stand with me right now. Amen. I got a friend that goes to this church, and I told him, man, we're going to find out which one of these prophecies guys is right. We got people in this church with arsenals in their house. I mean, they got guns. They got handguns. They got long guns. They got, they got all kinds of ammo. and that's, that's how I view the church. If in the Holy Ghost you could see that there is an arsenal in the Spirit that is available to you right now. You want high-powered stuff? It's available. You want long-range stuff? It's available. But you're going to have to be willing to make the consecration in order for God to trust us with the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I don't know about you, but I got some family members that terrify me. I got some people that are in real trouble. And I realize that the way I've done things in the past is not going to change things in the future. I'm going to have to be willing to somehow dig them out of the pit. My wife and I made some consecrations recently and ended talking about our family. And it's like, oh, God, oh, I got a precious girl over, over, over Mia. She's somewhere in this room right now. And me, I had a, had a dream a couple weeks ago. Jesus, Jesus appeared to her in a dream and said, you've been Catholic all your life. Don't you think it's time to be a Christian? I want you to be a Christian now. And that girl found this church and got baptized. And God's done amazing things in her life. And all I can say is that is not an isolated incident. That is not an individual. God is no respecter of person. Do you have a family member that needs a visitation? Do you have a family member that God needs to disturb in a dream? I'm telling you, you are not limited in the Holy Ghost. There is a place in prayer that we can get to where angels will camp around people that fear him. Say, you want me to go visit him? I will. You want me to go into jail? I will. You want me to go in the lion's den? I will. You want me to go there? That's Bible. We have Bible for that. An innumerable company of angels ministering spirits to heirs of salvation. I don't know about you, but I'm a joint heir with Christ.
Hallelujah. As because of that, I have access to angelic visitation. I have access to spirits being able to do His bidding because of our prayer. Will you come with me right now as a sign of your consecration? Many of you have been standing for most of this message, and I love you for that because I think it's where our heart is. I think it's, 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 it's the tone, and it is the, it is the tempo of this church right now. You sense it. You're sensing this. My God, have mercy. Old Sister Hill, before she died, she said, I had a dream last night, Pastor Hoffman. I saw people lined up at the baptistry. They went all the way down the hall and they went out into the, in, into the parking lot. I, 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 I saw that. And people think, that's crazy. No, 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 no. My mom saw something recently. I, I don't know about everybody, but I do know Esther. And I, 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 she saw something and she told me, she said, I, I saw this, Harold, I saw this. And it's just, oh, oh, Jesus. They're getting somebody ready to baptize right now. And while they do, we're going to sing. And we're going to turn our prayers into praises. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm appealing to moms that know how to do it and men who possibly have seen it. I'm appealing to Zion right now to remember how to travail. That there's something squirming in the womb of the church right now. And we can't, you can't keep babies in there for 10 months or 11 months or 12 months. They're not, there's a specific time that they're designed to come forth. I feel that indigestion in, the, in my spirit. It's like, it's time for this thing to live. It's time for this thing to scream out for the very first time in its life. But somebody's going to have to push. Somebody's going to have to labor. Somebody's going to have it because there's a connection, you see. It doesn't say pray. It says pray and fast. Because while you're praying, you're feeding groceries to your inner man. While you're fasting, you're denying your outer man. If all you do is pray, then when you're done praying, you're going to deal with the same size situation. But see, if what, what needs to happen at the end of this prayer meeting and this fasting time is 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 the the spirit man that our flesh has looked at all of a sudden when the prayer is over the 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 flesh goes where in the world did you come from and 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 our inner man and our inner woman can say while you were being denied i was being indulged while we were denying the flesh we were feeding the spirit and if we'll do that fast and pray fast and pray deny one indulge the other then at the end of the term it won't be a fair fight anymore because the elder will serve the younger Lord Jesus I appeal to you right now Holy God we repent we repent before you 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 taught people how to pray and you said forgive us our debt as we forgive those who trespass against us So you taught that repentance would be a daily thing. You taught that that would be something that would happen again and again and again. So I repent again today that I humbly apologize to you, Lord. How many times have we made this promise? How many times have we made this consecration stirred but not really changed? We are asking you, God, today that around this altar that finally we make the connection and finally Finally, it sinks in and we realize I have the ability to pray somebody out of hell. 
I have the ability to make a consecration that destroys the yoke. I have the ability to let God work in me in such a way that parameters and hurdles and enemies and obstacles are overwhelmed, pulling down high things and everything that would exalt itself above the name of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, this kind can't be dealt with the same way we've dealt with things in the past. This kind is going to need a fresh commitment out of all of us. Because if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got. And if you're content with the past, fine, but I'm not. I want new things. And new things require new consecrations. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Control that I want. Control